Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Amy Taylor is here in for Sandy Max. Bob Brainerd's here in for Greg Matzik. Debbie Lazic has got your roads. Uh, Adam Roberts pretty much got all the rest of the show. We'd love for you to come down and check us out. We're broadcasting live from the Avenue inside the Third Street Market Hall. We look out onto this gorgeous Vietnamese restaurant. We're on the west side of the building. Big glass studios. Come on down. Wave. Say hello. Buy us some food if you want. <laughs> no hints here. Something sweet would be really good. Mm. Come on down. We're here, and it's a beautiful location. We'd love for you to spend some time with us. Uh, Greg Matzik is not in the studio today because Greg Matzik is on the golf course. He's like uh, 70-something holes into his day today. Greg, uh, you're golfing for charity for the MAC Fund. How many holes are down? We are through 74 holes, and uh, I may have just put my tee shot into a barn on the 75th hole. We're going to drive up and see what happens. Barn? Yeah, the ball's got a barn hole, and if you don't hit it like dead straight, you're going to hit it near the barn. Um, I think I hit it near. I don't think I'm in the barn. I'm on a noisy bridge right now, but I'm near. I'm very close to the barn. I don't think I'm in. How do you, how do you guys keep keep things moving? Are you are you picking up putts on the green, or how do you keep this thing moving along? Oh, she's that hurt. Um, <laughs> well, I, there are birdie putts and there are par putts. There really aren't any bogey putts, so you just sort of pick up and go. Um, because some people have offered to donate, you know, ten dollars a birdie or ten dollars a par or something like that. So you want to give that an honest take, but. Uh, there's there's no real no there's no double bogeys on the scorecard. There's no snowmen on the scorecard. That's for sure. Uh, so you got to do that to keep moving. About an hour per nine holes is kind of what we're averaging. Are you in the cart right now? What what are you doing? Yeah, I just got out of the cart. It's a little windy here. So is that me in the trap? Oh, Stevens in the trap. Stephen Watson's in the trap. I avoided the barn in the trap. You got to look about that, everyone. You got to look from where you are. Well, I'm 171 yards right. out here, and uh, the wind is kicking up here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab a six iron and see what I can do. Yeah, give it a uh, shot. Steven's been in the sand a little bit today, but he's been really good in the sand. Um, but it's been a really nice day, too, which is nice. A little breezy, about 60 degrees and sunny. And we have, by count earlier today, raised over $230,000 wow. with this event alone, which is absolutely incredible. And, uh, of course, we were able to achieve $7,500. That was my personal goal. In fact, we're over $8,000 raised. So that means I have to grow my hair back. So today is day one of me growing my hair back. How many birdies do you have? Uh, I've got, like, three, and I'm going to try and not hit a tree here. Oh, how no, how can he golf while he's talking to us? Yeah, okay, I hit the – well, I, not well. I just hit a tree in a barn. <laughs> I thought I heard somebody laughing. Yeah. I did too. Yeah, that was Gabe laughing in the back. Yeah, it didn't go well there. <laughs> Gabe Neitzel. Uh, so the answer to your question, Amy, I can't. Now, Amy, I do have an interesting play here. Should yes. I should I play a bump and run? Would I, you like me to play a bump and run? Sure, do it. Okay. <laughs> no, maybe don't. Do. You gotta... Okay. <laughs> no, it's been a lot of fun here today, guys, and uh, over a million dollars raised total in this event. You're number six, so it's really hitting home the, the fight against pediatric cancer and. Um, all the money goes to the MAC Fund. It stays here, which is great. It's a very low overhead event, which is also great. Uh, but I do truly appreciate all the fans and family members, friends, businesses who were able to donate through my, uh, my page and be a part of this. Uh, so it, you're, you're as much a part of this as me, which I think is great. Hey, Greg, we hope you get to that 100 holes. Uh, be safe out there. Stay away from Gabe, and thank you so much. Oh, I just hit a good one there. All right, guys. Oh, nice. We'll talk to you soon.
Hey, if you want to help, you can still do that by texting the word golf to the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. Text the word golf. You can help the Mac fund. It is 415 at WTMJ. Jerry Springer passes away today. We're going to take a walk down memory lane and ask you to weigh in on the death of Jerry Springer. That is straight ahead right here on WTMJ. Jerry Springer, the chance for Jerry Springer, the chaotic talk show host, the host of the long-running syndicated talk show, Jerry, has died. He was 79 years old. A statement said that Springer, who's from Cincinnati, where his talk show began, and he once served as mayor, died peacefully earlier today after a brief fight with cancer in suburban Chicago. So he hosted the tabloid show for 27 seasons, Beginning in 1991, I did not realize that as recently as 2018, his show was still on the ra- on the on the TV. He was also the mayor of Cincinnati. That was from 77 to 78. Naysayers, of course, called it the worst show in the history of TV. He liked to say, "In the early years, my ratings were better than Oprah, and I beat her consistently." The show was taped for most of its run in Chicago, which is where he was when he passed away. A couple of clips for you. Then we're going to have a discussion about this. Uh, this is Jerry Springer talking about inner-city crime. Every night on our newscast, we've got stories about the crime and the great problems in, in our inner cities. And I think it's important that America gets to see the other face, too, that you don't have to be born rich to make it. All right, that's fine. But that's not what we remember Jerry Springer for, right? We remember him for all the chaos the people with blurred faces and coming out and finding out that their sister was really their mother and they had a baby together, <laughs> that kind of stuff. This is Jerry Springer from uh, early 2000s. Do you think this could be the one? Yes, and but I have a secret to tell him. You have a secret to tell him? Yes. And your secret is? I'm a man, Jerry. Yep, that's what happened on the Jerry Springer show. That's what happened routinely on the Jerry Springer show. There were also a lot of punch fights and a lot of lots lots of chair throwing. Yep, they had security, like full time security, had to be up there on the show. One of those security guys ended up having his own show. Was that Steve? Yeah, yeah, Steve got his own show. I think that show's still on, maybe. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I don't know. I think so. I'm not sure, but shocking confessions, that type of thing. Yeah. you know, screaming matches. It was chaos on that show. It got to the point where if you tuned in the show. And you heard the subject, you knew exactly what was going to, you knew how the steps were going to play out, right? You knew it was going to end in a fight. So I graduated from college in 1991. Mm -hmm. So I was already, I had just gotten done with college when Jerry Springer became popular. I had, uh, our girls were born in 1992 and I worked the morning shift. Mm -hmm. And so where I worked the morning shift was Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And in that market, when I came home from work at like noon, Mm -hmm. Jerry Springer was just coming on. <laughs> and the little baby girls were just taking their nap after lunch. And I would put Jerry Springer on <laughs> and just sit in shocked disbelief trying to get a nap in. And there was the chair throwing. That the is not a restful, the, no. A restful no, thing. No, I had to stop watching it on days I really wanted the nap because I was so hyped up that I wasn't about to get a nap. I mean, he was somebody who actually wrote a check for prostitution services at a Kentucky massage parlor, parlor but then made a comeback to run for mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, and, and did and became the mayor after that. He said, I'll tell you one thing. My credit is good. 
you know. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he always owned it, which I thought was. Yeah, he know, did. He didn't apologize. An, he never apologized for who he was. And he said, it's like, it's okay if good looking people talk about who they slept with. But please, if you're ugly, we don't want to hear about it. You know, he Yikes. because he yeah. always kind of yeah. he, he featured people who were maybe uh, less than uh, less savory. Yeah, he was Good he word. was big with the, he was big with the the redneck trailer trash crowd. He also for for all his critics who knocked his show. Uh, think of how many talk show hosts who went on, and uh, Maury Povich, right? Maury Povich was this this journalist, and all of a sudden Maury started doing similar I, things to Springer. Yeah, and they started looking at this as being the recipe for staying on the air, and it was for Povich too. Of course, Povich was like the "You are not the father." Uh, This is how Springer described himself in his Twitter bio. Talk show host and ringmaster of Civilization's End. Bingo. (laughs) I mean, I think he he opened the door for a kind of salaciousness in the media that um, really exploded. (laughs) It did. It did for sure. So after the conclusion of his talk show in 2018, I, I still can't believe it was still on in 2018, he hosted a syndicated show called Judge Jerry, which was a courtroom drama but it never really caught on. It was canceled after a couple of seasons. Springer's last TV appearance was on Fox's singing competition, The Masked Singer, six really? months ago, where he sang and not well, but was revealed as The Beatle. And that was just in October. That was his last TV appearance. Then he got sick and was uh, no longer on TV at all. It's interesting. This is someone that went to Tulane and Northwestern Law School, you know, and I, I just... I can never kind of quite get past the sellout aspect of it, but I'm a lot poorer than he he was. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did all right. Yeah, he figured he, out how to make a buck. He did it. He, he did it all out. right. Hey, let's go to Mitch, uh, who's with us from Menominee Falls. Mitch, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. I'm kind of your neighbor, John, so nice to talk to you. Uh, I actually lived in Cincinnati. I was in my 20s when he was uh, in politics in Cincinnati. You're, uh, what a lot of people don't know, when he finished in politics in Cincinnati, he went into broadcast. He went to the lowest-rated TV station to do the 6 o'clock news. Within six months, they were the number one-rated station. He was They stayed number one the five years he was there, and he won 10 broadcast Emmys for his work. Wow. So I did not knew, know that. He knew he knew broadcasting. That's part of what led him into between broadcasting and prostitution. His show was a natural for it. Um, he <laughs> wait, 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 what just also, happened there? Did you just say broadcasters and prostitutes go together? Well, no, between his background with broadcasting and prostitution, <laughs> that's his show became but. But he also attempted to run. He also attempted to run for governor in Ohio. Right. Exactly. Was, and, and Congress. Yeah. I like this quote. He said, yeah. you'll, you, virtually, I've done everything virtually that you can't respect. A lawyer, a mayor, a major market news anchor, and a talk show host. <laughs> Pray for me. If I get yeah. to heaven, we're all going. <laughs> Jerry like Springer, dead at the age of 79. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Run. All right, so I've got a treadmill that's been having issues. It's a Nordic track. It's only a year and a half old. And I love this thing. I run every day on it, and I usually run, depending on how much time I have, between three and six miles. Nice. Yeah. So I, I like it. I like to run inside. So about a week ago, I was running on the treadmill, and I noticed that it felt like it was sagging in the middle. And I was like, well, this clearly isn't right. 
Then the next day, it started to make a clicking sound when I ran on it. I thought, this really is not right. And it felt like it was sagging in the middle is the best way I could describe it. So I, I checked it out. I couldn't see anything physically broken. I got in there with the flashlight. I put it up. I did everything. And I couldn't see anything broken. So I called Nordic Track. It's still under warranty. I get to Nordic how, Track how eventually. A year and a half. Okay. I eventually get to Nordic Track. And I get to some guy who's, I think, talking to me from Kuala Lumpur. And I don't want to be this guy, but it's part of the story. I can't understand him. I'm having a very, very difficult time understanding him. And I'm constantly asking myself, can you please repeat yourself? Can you please say that again? I'm trying to talk very slow. I think he's having a hard time understanding me. Eventually, we get to the point where he confirms that because of the age of the treadmill, parts and labor are covered. Great. I say, great. I say, I got a guy that can come out and fix it because I've had treadmills my whole adult life. I said, I know a guy who runs a company that will come out and fix it. And he's a licensed Nordic track repair facility. So I say, perfect, right? Can I have him come out? First, the guy claims he can't understand me for five times when I say it in a row. Then he finally says, we don't pay for, di- we don't pay for diagnosis. That's not covered. And we need to diagnose what's wrong. I said, well, then how are we going to do that? You pay for parts and labor, but don't pay for it to be diagnosed. What are we going to do? This is what he tells me. Here's what we're going to do. You need to download an app on your phone that allows us to see each other on video. This thought, is just what pass. I just went through. I've done I this. This is very weird. So I download the app on my phone. They're all doing this now. And he can see, you know, if I have that app on and I have it on, it shows video. It's video. I can show him whatever I'm looking at. Here's where it gets really good. I said, all right, now what are we going to do? He says, we're going to diagnose it. I said, how are we going to do that? He says, does it make the noise when you're running? And is that when it feels like it's not right? I said, yes. He said, is there a better or worse time? I said, when I'm running faster, it's more pronounced. He says to me, hold your phone and get on the treadmill and start to run and point your phone at your feet. Get out of here. I said, you know how unsafe that is? I smell a lawsuit right here. Honest to God. I I said, I'm not doing that. This is terrible. I said, I'm not doing that. He said, well, how are we going to diagnose it? I said, we're not doing it that way. He said, well, then you're going to have to pay for somebody to come out and diagnose it. I said, this is unbelievable. You really want me to get on my treadmill and run and hold my phone and point at my feet? Were you exasperated at this point? Yes. Yeah. And I just kept saying, well, I'm not doing that. And then he was quiet. Hello? Are you there? Are you there? Yes, sir. Are you ready to record the video while you run? No, I'm not doing that. That's what we need to do. I'm not doing that. I want to bring somebody out to diagnose it, or you send somebody. It's so, so dangerous. It's so stupid. I can't even stand it. Is this like the first time that... So I was totally at a loss. So finally what I decided was the part that's likely going to take to fix it is the deck of my thing, and it's like $250, and with labor it would be like 350 They will pay for that. They tell me, but only if I get an official diagnosis that that's the problem. So the guy who I mentioned earlier, who's an official dealer, is going to come out, but I'm going to have to pay him 120 bucks, and I won't get reimbursed so that he can diagnose it. And he's at my house today, and he calls me, and he goes, yeah, that's what we thought. The deck is broken, so now you can send this to Nordic Track, and good luck. They should send you the deck, and they should cover it, but I don't know if they will because I didn't run holding my phone pointed at my feet on the treadmill. That's just so idiotic. It's exasperating. I went through something similar with a with a security company, and they they want 
you know, they're saving on all this labor, right? And so yeah. you're, you become the technician and it's all, we'll arrange a video call with you. And it's like, the reason I'm having the call is because I am not a technician. Right. <laughs> yeah. The other thing they asked me is, can you take apart the treadmill, take the belt off and lift the hood on, lift the, hood on the engine compartment? I said, no, I can't do that. He goes, well, it just takes basic tools. I said, I don't keep tools in my house. I can't do that. I mean, we're talking about real personal safety here. I mean, yeah. you could have a personal injury. He there. asked me, can you borrow tools from the neighbor? I said, what are we doing? No, I'm not taking <laughs> apart the treadmill. Tools from the I wouldn't neighbor. be too jazzed about having uh, that app on my phone now. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, That's if they were able to, you know. That's a great point. I'm going to delete that, Debbie. That's a really good point. That's smart, Debbie. Come on. I mean, this is where we're at. This and then I went online, and it says, I found stuff online that says, a year and a half ago, Nordic Track shipped all their customer service overseas and slashed the budget for um, customer service, diagnosing problems, all this sort of stuff. I'm just... How do you think that, I mean, how to be in that job, too, of talking to people and diagnosing things remotely, yeah. how, do they, how do they take it every day? I should have done what he instructed and filmed it as I fell off the back of the treadmill. Well, you know, this was the whole thing with the Peloton treadmills. People yes. were getting killed by them. Yep. You know, children. And Nordatrack is not, it's not cheap, John, right? I mean, th this is not a cheapo treadmill that you own, right? Right. It's not. It's an expensive Nordatrack treadmill. It's fancy and nice, and it's a and year that, and a half old. And here's the thing. That brand name used to have currency, I guess. And yeah, I they guess. They know it does. Yeah, so people are texting saying, could your wife or someone hold the phone for you? Well, she wasn't there. And right, I'm on, that's I'm on the, the thing. I'm on I the had call. the same situation. I was alone. And there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. and, so. and I'm like, I don't know how to. I don't know what kind of screw you're talking about. I just am not doing that. <laughs> I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm I'm not capable really. I'm stay, sorry, stay strong, John. John. Yeah. All right. I will keep you updated on this story. So uh, we're going to change gears up next. Giannis's comments that the season was not a failure. Do you agree with that? Call us. I got a lot of texts. I'd love to talk to somebody. 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talking text line. 855-616-1620. Was the season a failure? Giannis says no. I say absolutely it was. Yes, it was a failure. Giannis says no. What do you think? 855-616-1620. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship. It was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it. That is Giannis Antetokounmpo last night. Reporter Eric Name for The Athletic asked Giannis, was this season a failure after they got bounced out of the playoffs last night? Uh, Eric Name had no attitude in the question. It was a very short, simple-to-the-point question. Do you view this season as a failure? Uh, Giannis said it was a bad question. He didn't like it and said it was not a failure. This is one of the things that Giannis had to say. Do you view this season as a failure? You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Okay, so Giannis says it wasn't a failure. I agree with him. It was an epic failure. This was a real failure. This was a total failure. It was a failure. The regular season doesn't matter. If when you're the favorite and the number one seed to win the NBA championship, you can't get it done. It was a failure. They didn't achieve their end goal. They got embarrassed and they got bounced out. It was super. As a number one seed. Right. Number one seed going in, number one player in the NBA. And then it just felt like they, they were up. They were ahead. In the they last two games. All that momentum. 
and it was a team that was constructed by general manager John Horst. This was cobbled together to make the championship run. In some respects, this team, this roster, was a lot better than the team that actually won the NBA championship. So this was built to get them to the finals and give them a chance to win another world championship. All right, let's get some phone calls in here. Um, I say it was definitely a failure. And I love Giannis. This is not a criticism of Giannis in general. Don't mistake me. But I think in this instance, he was wrong. This was a failure. He definitely took it personally. He, he did, and I get that. That's yeah, fine. He's He was hurting. Wouldn't you rather have your guy? I would rather have my guy say, yeah, I'm disappointed I'm and I'm so, hurt. And it was a failure. We yeah, didn't achieve our goal. This was terrible. We didn't get there. We didn't get it done. It was a failure. I'm going to work extra hard, and I'm going to kill it next year, which is what he does. So it was a failure. Uh, let's start with Jeff, who's in Fox Point. Jeff, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I would actually um, consider a failure to be something pretty bad and pretty big, and so, and, and I wouldn't use one night to as criteria whether or not I would say somebody is a failure or, or not. I think I think that he had a he had a pretty good season. Um, aside from aside from what happened in, during the playoffs, he had some games where he scored over fifty points, for example. But Jeff, that, and Jeff, I just think that the word, yeah, Jeff, that wasn't the question. The, the question was the season of failure. It, it wasn't are you a failure, Giannis? Was this game a failure, Giannis? It was is the season now considered a failure? That's what the question was to Giannis. Okay. Well, I think it sounds like that the, the different people have diff- different definitions of the word failure, and and what they're using to determine what what would be a failure, not a failure. But you said, you know, Jeff, failure. and I would then, say unsuccessful. You know, you say that it's you shouldn't judge them on one night. We weren't. We judged them on <laughs> four nights that they lost recently when they were the favorite in every one of those games. So I mean, okay. it's not judging him on one night, or they would have won the series. Okay, four games to one. Jeff is so nice. Okay. He's like, hey, Jeff, okay. you're very nice. Jeff, you're, nice. Jeff's a great listener, too. Yeah. Jeff, I, I didn't mean to rough you up, but thank you for calling. I always appreciate when you weigh in. Let's go to Jerry, who's in Oak Creek. Jerry, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. It was a definite failure. They did it in the last two games when you had big leads and going into the fourth quarter. They didn't play well in Miami at all. And I think besides the team being a failure, I think the coach was a failure and how he determined to put players in and out of games, did not call the proper timeouts and overtime and did a lot of things that I don't think was good in, in, in the series either. Hey, thank you very much for the phone call. Uh, let's work, uh, Kevin in here, guys. Kevin is with us from Shawano. Hello, Kevin. Hey guys, I have to agree with the last caller. I, I blame this all on Budenholzer. Um, he had the same problem with Atlanta. He couldn't win the big games, and that was the reputation he had coming into Milwaukee, and they hired him anyways. And he's just proving he's not able to win the big games. Well, now he did win us a championship. I mean, we can't just overlook 2021, Kevin. He, he, he found a way to win big games that year. Well, I would agree, but I, but I think just about any coach could have won a championship with that team. Well, he couldn't do it this year. I guess that's to your point. <laughs> Mark in Elkhorn. Mark, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Good, good afternoon, John. I thoroughly agree that uh, it was a failure. Uh, like you said, an epic failure. Um, you have a team, number one seed, 
playing a number eight seed. Actually, they were 11th when, in the play-in tournament, moved them up to number eight. But they were initially 11th. And uh, it was an embarrassment I, I, to, to lose. It's the first time in NBA history that a team, a number eight seed, has beat a number one seed in as little as five games. Hey, Mark, thank you very much. NBA history. 